So today we are with Anna Chen Yun Tai at the world's first showroom for 3D printed homes. Anna is the CEO, co-founder of Appiscore. Thanks for joining us, Anna. Thanks for inviting us to your showroom. Oh yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much for coming here. And it's a pleasure to meet you finally in person and talk about all of the excitement things happens in the 3D printing industry. Yeah, we first spoke a couple of months ago and connected and talked about your university, talked about the, the history of this company. So tell us a little bit more about how do you get started? How do you find your niche in this 3D printing world? Oh yeah, absolutely. So it was a pretty uh, interesting journey to get to this point. Um, so I started uh, with the study in space physics. Uh, so I, I all the time wanted to be an entrepreneur. My mom was an entrepreneur. It's in your blood. Yes. <laughs> uh, but I didn't know what exactly I want to do. And like while I were trying to figure out, I like, uh, okay, if I'm going to spend five years of my life studying something, it has to be a very inspiring, interesting, and fundamental. This is how I ended up learning space physics. And closer to my um, like a last year studying at university, I met my co-founder, Nikita Chen Yuntai. And so he already was in the construction business before, and he had a huge experience in robotics and industrial machinery, like a huge CNC routers, that actually he was asked to build the custom-built CNC routers. So he was very familiar and experienced with that. And uh, so then we uh, got the uh, pretty massive contract for Olympic Games. We had to design, develop, and fabricate about 5,000 uh, signages to navigate visitors across the Olympic Games uh, infrastructure. Wow. So we basically were responsible for like a million of people not to get lost. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It was a lot of funny stories, of course. Uh, but the main takeaway, takeaway that we took is that how outdated the construction industry was. We didn't really directly do the construction process, but we had to... You got a taste of it. Exactly, because yeah. we, we were affected by all of the delays yeah. in the construction. We needed to deploy the signages. Some of them were like a 2,000 pound big stellas. It's only like the huge machine could install it. So, And sometimes we shop on the construction side with supposed to be the object supposed to be finished. And they said like, no, come in a week. Maybe we're going to have it done. And like, okay, and then we had to like, uh, play around the schedule, change a lot of our uh, you know, processes. And so after that, we made the first uh, big money together. And Nick basically, uh, we together saw that there is a room for construction, in construction for automation, because it was so outdated. And basically, Nick invented the, uh, this robot, uh, basically coming from the kind of common sense and first the technical requirements if you want to bring the innovation in the construction process how it's going to look like and what problems it could it should be it should solve right yeah. first it has to be very portable and mobile because construction is all the time about the logistics yeah. then it has to be very easy to operate because you know we have a huge shortage in skilled Skill labor, labor yeah. And we need to have more people in the construction, so the entry. <laughs> uh, uh, like you're lowering the barrier to entry. Exactly, yeah. and so this is how he came up with this unique design, revolutionary design, 
And basically, this is how we started. And what um, were the one of the first ones in the 3D printing industry, because we have seen a huge explosion over the last two years. Well, a lot of different people experimenting with different gantry systems, different types of robots now. But y'all were y'all started back in 2018, early yeah. 2019. So, yes. was it difficult to? get people to accept what you all were doing or wrap their head around the new robot? Or were people generally excited back then too? Uh, so in the beginning, when you say, when you said 3D printed homes, they're like, a, what? No, it's science fiction. It's not going to happen. Although it's already, it's already what the company, Winsun, yeah. they already experimented and like uh, 3D printed the panels and then assembled the houses with these panels. But back that, that time, it was so innovative, so really like the futuristic idea. And, uh, but then when we like kept doing this, believing in what we're doing, uh, then you're, you, you could see how people are more and more accepted to this, because we are also not the, the only company who were doing this. It was many other companies started like doing this That's project, he, uh, this project. And then after our Dubai project, it was a completely like, a, I think, turning point in the industry, because it was not a tiny home, right? Yeah. It was not something just experimental. It was not something like, a, you know, t testing or like a small castle, something like this. You had proved the technology exactly. and you built a really huge building. Yes. So talk, let's talk a little bit more about that building in Dubai. I, mean, I came across it back in 2019, early 2020. And it's a massive structure, and it's really tall too. Like you yeah. said, it's an equivalent to like a four-story, typical four-story yeah. home. Yeah, when you look at the building and like you stay there, it's really tall because every floor, it's two floors, and each of them is 4.5 meters tall. So yeah, that it's very massive, and the amount the material we extruded, it may be equivalent to like I don't know, maybe five, six, or even more single-family houses. So this is really, uh, I would say, a landmark project, not only for us, yeah. but for the entire industry. What were the biggest um, lessons you learned from the Dubai project? Uh, then that the machine has to be more camp compact, <laughs> more easy to operate. And lighter. And then like <laughs> lighter, lighter yes. And more like a mobile. So it was already very mobile because you can easily move it with the, using the crane, for example. But now we have the advanced version of the machine that we developed based on that experience. Now the printer is mounted on the trackable um, caterpillar uh, moving platform. So now you, like a, somebody like me can just use the joystick and you actually can operate the printer and put it on the concrete slab, for example. So I don't need to use pallet jack. I don't need to use um, the Cranes. crane or something like this. That's really, really like a, as a toy, basically. And another takeaway is what the, um, that mixer machine, it has to be really different. We used to, uh, back then, we used the standard plastering machine. It was a lot of pain, honestly. So it all the time was clogged. It, uh, we need to spend more time to constantly clean it. Because the 3D printing material, it's uh, pretty sticky, high viscosity. It's a different type of yeah. material. And so after that, uh, we developed a specialized mixer for the 3D printing. We call it Gary. It's not here, unfortunately. But that's really smart uh, mixer that uh, basically provide the consistency of the material, the way how it mixed, 
how the water is supplied. So, and it's also uh, mobile. It's also on the trackable uh, caterpillar uh, moving platform. So all of the units used to through the printed house in our technology, it's all movable, yep. very like transportable. And it's enough to have the standard flatbed trailer, for example, that can fit all of the two units. And then you just jump on a pickup truck and go to another con construction site. You all had fun with the names, didn't you? Okay. You all have three different size printers. Frank, that's the big one. And then you said the Gary is the mixing machine yes. attached yeah. to the Frank. <laughs> what are the other two um, mix printers uh, that you'll have? Uh, we have three. So three, yeah. Frank, Gary, and Mary. Right. So Mary, it's a um, uh, bulk truck trailer. Basically, this oh, like a big rig trailer. And uh, Mary basically can consist the material, 3D print material, dry material, that can be used to 3D print the wall structures of the entire 2,000 square feet single family home. So basically Mary delivers the material as a dry substance. Then it's basically you plug it with the Gary, Gary mixes it with water, and then it immediately goes oh. to Frank to extrude it. So basically, yeah, you need three units at the construction site and so we basically decided to use Mary because otherwise you need to use big uh, bags with the material. It, it's not really something that allowed to keep the quality the same. And if we use Mary, the material never exposed to environment, oh, never okay. exposed to rain, for example, or humidity. So it's produced at the factory, loaded to, the, to Mary, and then it just got extruded through the Gary. But if you have to refill Mary with additional materials, you'll do that in a controlled environment? You basically, for example, the one Mary got empty on the construction site. Then the second Mary comes with the new material, like loaded yeah. additionally. The first, many, uh, the first Mary goes to the factory and filled with the material there. So it's also the logistic part of the technology because everything we, we do, we try to crack the code how to better automate construction and how to do this in the way so everybody can use it and it makes sense financially, yes. Because you can create a great technology, yeah. but if it costs a lot or it's not something that can be easily scalable integrated and scalable, yeah. it's probably never going to use... It'll uh, be a one-time hit and then it just dies. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you're trying to create something durable, something easy to use, and is, that's probably one of the main reasons why you all chose to build an expandable robot rather than the gantry system. Yes. Too. That was a, that's a big part of your company. That's a statement that you all are making. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so. We don't believe in Gantry printers, so it's not something that I, <laughs> I want to hide. Uh, because there is a reason for this. It's a huge logistics setup and operational cost. So it's basically the, I don't know, huge structure that you need to transport. It can cost like $10,000 to transport the structure. But I, I, I know because I dealt with a lot of transportation before doing our projects. And then you need to assemble this on site. Mm -hmm. This is something that I completely do not believe. Uh, because like, if you try to assemble something big many times from side to side, uh, I think maybe first two, three times it's, it's going to be pretty successful. But then I have no idea how it can be can continue to mm -hmm. be durable solution. Because right? there's wear and tear on all the joints when you're exactly. attaching, reattaching. It's more room for errors. Yeah. 
basically with the how we also see to rethink construction is to reduce the chances for errors because basically this is where all of the construction delays creates created with the 3d printing technology we can create the very precise structure of a house and then when you install windows doors which we called secondary construction this is where you basically can fight for hours minutes and seconds because you basically install it very fast and uh, yeah this is where you can cut the errors with the gantry printers I don't know how it's scalable to uh, train, I don't know, people to all the time install mm -hmm. this very sophisticated type of machine because it's huge. Yeah. So I don't, I, don't, I don't see it as a viable solution to scale. So you've also just identified human intervention, like you all are minimizing human intervention at all these different stages, whether it's opening up a bag of mix and pouring it into this, like you're removing human inter intervention there, or when you're taking the, the printer out of a truck rather mm -hmm. than humans manually attaching all the, the gantry exactly. system together. Let's remove humans from there because basically humans are the main source of error on construction exactly. sites. Yeah, very interesting. It, it's like, a, you know, I really like the analogy of IKEA, right? Yeah. So first time you assemble something, it looks pretty durable. But if you want to assemble it many times after that, like good a, luck with yeah, that. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> Second or third time, I would not sit on, the, on yeah. the chair that I was assemble or reassemble many times. So, you know, all the time you screw and screw something, it creates the uh, room when you re uh, reduce the quality and reduce the durability. Yeah. So, I'm really, really impressed with this showroom. It's, we, we kind of, uh, there's kind of an analogy to a Tesla showroom where you're making cars and an object of um, intrigue. So here with, with the showroom that you all have set up, it's, it's one of a kind. I don't think there's anything else like this in the world. And people walk by and they see your printer at the window, they're intrigued by it. And then, and then if they come in, you can explain how it works. And, and people are able to wrap their head around this new technology. And it's not, it's not so much as, like, like in the beginning in 2019, if you were going to approach someone with, with the idea of 3D printed homes, they'd be like, what? It sounds futuristic. But here you're removing that barrier. It's not futuristic anymore. Here's a printer right right in the shopping mall. Come in and talk to us about it. We'll, we'll show you how it works. Yeah. It's, it's very unique. It's, thank you. Yeah. It's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, thank you. It's basically came from the idea that how we can make the technology accessible to everyone, not just to use it, but actually to learn about the technology. Yeah. Because it, it's really... Um, not many companies really do it, right? Of course, it's maybe like a hundred of companies developing the technology, but how many companies you can visit, just call them, for example, and, show, and ask them, like, can I look at the printer? Can I look at the, uh, your samples? Most likely you will hear like a, no, you need to sign NDAs yes. and uh, we cannot tell you what we're doing. So <laughs> basically, this is, this is what you can uh, see today. But we want to everybody know what the 3D printing technology is about. That the printer that we use, it's really compact. Yeah. When people come in here, it's like, this is the machine? This is it? Or it's like the scale of the machine. Yeah. We're like, no, this machine was very busy <laughs> last year. <laughs> you can see the concrete on it. Yeah. And so the funny thing is that uh, basically kids 
the ones who notice the machine uh, on the window and say like, oh, mom, I saw it. It's the 3D printing machine that built houses. And parents typically like, what, what are you talking about now? And they like, you know, grab the hand. Now we need to go inside. And then parents like, wow, this is so cool. This is so unique. I, I, I had no idea that it actually exists. So our goal, even like with the Episcor University, is to really bring the awareness uh, about the technology so everybody can know about this. Because the more people know about this, the, the easier for us and for everybody who work in this space to really promote the technology and put it on the actual construction sites. More knowledge sharing exactly. and make everyone grows together. So when did you all start uh, Apiscore University? It's just an online course right now. Right? Yes. Do you all offer any physical courses too, like in-person courses on how to operate the machines? Uh, not yet, but it's like in the roadmap of Apiscore University. Uh, because we also want to make sure that people who operate the machine, they're really trained. They, they they're serious about exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> because it's really important to make sure that the final product is there yeah. upon the quality you want and nobody breaks the machine. And at the same time, we want to um, provide more opportunities for our future clients so they can send uh, their employees anytime to Episcore University and say like, okay, uh, I have two uh, operators today, but I just hired a new one. And they send it to Episcore University, complete their uh, training how to operate the machine. And this is the value for our customers, right? Like a business value for them. Yeah. So we can help them to grow and scale when they use our machines. Yeah. And But so far we, we actually had a, practical uh, workshop last year in September. Mm -hmm. So it was a one day experience when first half of the, of the day, it's more like a, the theoretical lectures when we tell a lot of information that probably not available online. Because when I read something online, it's typically written by people who never 3D printed yeah. a house. Like me, for example, I, I was in every single project we did. So, you know, all of the, my hands was dirty with the concrete all the time. So I was like, okay, probably we need to actually tell our story, yeah. right? From the experience that we received. Not trying to kind of over promote or like a trying to tell that other companies like a, not so good as us. We, You're just teaching about exactly. 3D printing as a whole. Yeah, yeah. we provide the, what actually happens right now. What other machines, what like uh, the p potential applications. And in September, it was the first practical workshop we did. And the second part of the day was the live printing. So visitors can like see how the how robot mm -hmm. operates, how they actually extrude the material. They can play with the just uh, freshly through the printed layers. It, it's really fascinating yeah. because you see that it's really a different type of material, all of the extruded layers. So, and we plan to do more workshops in the future. So, yeah. But right now it's online courses and it's structured so that people, what's the content of the courses? Of the courses? People know about the materials and how they mix or how they perform? Uh, so we have uh, two online courses. So the first one is fundamentals of the construction through the printing. That designed for people of all level of experience, you know, like for, I don't know, designers or who, who never 3D printed anything with the plastic. So we just want to provide the fundamentals about the technology. So things like XYZ coordinates, layers, yes, things like that. Yes, okay. or like a how the 3D printing technology compared to traditional construction, okay. to modular construction. 
what the basics of the material science of 3D printing material, how it can be produced, what about the geopolymer, uh, what else we have, uh, yeah, a lot of really basic stuff that we know that people went through this and say like, wow, that was so helpful. I because now, much, yeah. yeah, I know much more. And recently we released second course. It's uh, first part of second course. Uh, construction 3D printing from A to Z. So in the, that, that online course, uh, we speak more about how to actually 3D print, more like a practical thing. Construction documents, uh, the structural uh, integrity, so it's more practical. Okay. And uh, this summer we go in to release second part of second course. So it's going to be even more practical. So. <laughs> Very exciting. So do you have any upcoming projects? Yes. Plenty. So <laughs> <laughs> this year we basically planning all of the projects for the next year. Okay. So we have a affordable housing cooperative program. And we already have three partners that we have like a, a work under this umbrella. It's the uh, affordable housing uh, group in Miami-Dade, then the Eden Village in North Carolina. So they build homes for the chronic homeless people or somebody who really struggled to get the affordable housing. It's in North Carolina. And also we have the partner in uh, New Orleans, Louisiana. So they really build, uh, the, the, they are the construction company and they see the need of affordable home in their area. And this is why we work with them, because they are really familiar with what has to be built there. Okay. And so this is the three projects that already lined up. We also go in to announce uh, our cooperation with the Austin-based developer. So they build luxury homes, but also they have to have affordable homes in their uh, developments. Yeah. And, uh, then so are they going to be using the printer for the both but the luxury and yeah, the affordable yeah and the the goal is not just to go and print one project it's really we really select partners that can help us to grow like long term exactly uh, and basically affordable housing cooperative program is that okay this year we spent to really figure out what we need to build because the you know, the design and architecture in Texas is really different yes. to Florida, and people have a different mentality. So before we start printing something, we have to make sure that it's going to make sense for people living there, and also that we can meet the target price. For example, uh, our cooperation in Miami-Dade, they want to build homes for $88,000, right? That's pretty yeah, tight. tight budget. <laughs> but however, with the 3D printing technology, we can figure out how we actually can achieve it. Because with 3D printing technology, it's not only how we change the way of build the walls, we also can do a lot of uh, value engineering, get rid of uh, drywalls, for example, mm -hmm. because we can put insulation inside, or we can optimize the um, infill of the walls, or we even can bring more other uh, construction technologies, how we build roofs, how we build windows. So we really spent this year to design this for every uh, cooperation we have and then build. And then see, okay, uh, we do this, what we learn, maybe it's still something to improve. And as our company grow and scale, we're going to bring more projects with them. So it's really like a long-term, very 
thorough thought uh, cooperation roadmap, yeah. I would say. It's really nice that you've, you've identified not just around the world, but in the states too. Like every area has a different re design requirement, diff different expectations from the people who are going to be oh, living yeah. in it. And that's, that's so important because you can't 3D print the same house in Texas as you would in Florida, or in Florida the same house that you'd print in India, like you mentioned that earlier. And that's a really important part of your business because you were approached about the, the idea of 3D printing in India and, yeah. and you observed how construction goes on there. Like they first 3D print, I'm sorry, first they build the structure and mm -hmm. then they come in with the infill yeah. walls. And you told them 3D printing is not compatible with that yeah. sort of uh, building technique. So that's, that's a really important part. So even when you all are designing these homes in New, New Orleans and you said Carolina mm -hmm. too, you'll have to design very different kind of yes, homes in exactly, each. exactly. So, yeah, we, we try to tailor the technology for the specific project requirements, project target price, and design as well. In Eden Village, for example, they gonna have, they need to have individual tiny homes per person, right? In New Orleans, you know, the architecture in New Orleans is so beautiful, right? It's it's completely different world. You cannot bring there the, just a cookie cutter yeah. house, for example. So you also need to match their landscape, how the how people think there, how they kind of like a feel, right? Mm -hmm. So that's a different story, a different target price. In Miami-Dade, it's also a different uh, story. So yeah, that's really exciting. And uh, this is what we basically want to do, not just common print, yeah. it's really more just to build faster and cheaper. So do you all work with the local architects, the local interior designers, and tell them what can be done with your machine and what can't be done, or do you all design the homes too? So I would say we do both directions. So far we basically designed really like in-house, uh, except the Impreza. So Impreza is the concept of the 3D printed home that was designed specifically for the Space Coast. We worked with the local uh, home designer who came up with this uh, idea and Impreza uh, architecture style. But before, we basically did everything in-house, and we're still doing this. So Trevor Ragno, our director of construction technologies, he also a great architect, <laughs> without degree maybe, but uh, he actually working on more concept that's going to be introduced soon. And, but we also uh, plan to work with the architects. And of course, it's not gonna be just random architecture firm. We have to really select who we're gonna work with because it's actually the intersection uh, between the practical world yeah. and the design world, yeah. right? So you kind of need to be a very, uh, understand the balance. Yeah. So what you design, it can be built. You can't design something absolutely crazy with crazy <laughs> facades and stuff because it can't be printed. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. If you have a lot of money, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so you all had, uh, you all recently had an open, a public funding round approved by the SEC, is that right? Yes, correct. So uh, we right now, we have been qualified by SEC to uh, sell shares directly to public both to accredited and non-accredited investors. It's not the IPO, or, but it kind of called uh, pre-IPO because everybody can participate and everybody can buy shares of Episcore just with the little of $1,000. Oh. 
So that was the, the idea behind this, that we saw a huge support from people who believed in this technology. And we thought that like, uh, we want to have this opportunity for everybody, right? This is the beauty of Regulation A+, that we're doing. That now the, uh, such an incredible investment opportunity can be available for everyone, not just for the people with the deep pockets. And you, you, you may not know about these deals because it's all the time behind the closed doors. And so far it was so very wild. So we're really happy to see that uh, people are really happy to participate in this. So you this. had a really good response from the yes. general public? Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. So. All right. So what are your, you talked about your future plans for the rest of this year. What's your like, long-term vision for this company? So we position ourselves as a technology provider, I would say, when we, we rent, basically provide our robots to the construction companies, home builders, or developers. Because our technology is a tool for them how to increase productivity, how to build faster, uh, quicker, and with the better quality. So basically our goal by 2027 have about like a 400 printers in operation so they can you know be in the hands of the yeah. construction companies and they build more and more so basically this is how we see it to expand the industry uh, at the same time this year next year maybe the year after the next year we go into do our uh, penetration strategy when we also go into be involved in the actual construction. Okay. So, so in the short term, until there are enough people educated yeah. and skilled enough to, to use the machine, you'll have to still assist in the printing. But yeah, like your long-term vision is to build as many machines, as sophisticated machines as yeah. you can, and sell it or rent it out to the exactly. industry. And we see that the penetration strategy uh, is really, really important because um, we don't want to just everybody use the machine yeah. and like don't care what, what actually happens after this. So we want to find the first early adapters who understand the learning curve and they want to be basically uh, to explore everything with us. And then we kind of expand. It's basically how the new technologies really brought to the market. First, it's just only you using this, right? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody trusts you. <laughs> then you have like uh, your early adopters. They still understand that the technology is new, but they're okay to invest in this and learn it and be with you. And then it basically how the curve uh, grows. And then you basically have just a general market. So we kind of kind of here. Yeah, yeah. Right and now. this is very important who's going to be the first early yeah. adopters. So. Well, that's really exciting. <laughs> Thank you again for inviting us to your showroom and showing us how the Frank and the Gary and the machine, the, the Mary work. Um, looking forward to seeing Apiscore grow and print yeah, more buildings around the world. <laughs> yeah, so um, I think next time, next year, so I will be happy you visit our uh, projects and I hope we can do more Absolutely. videos like this. Yeah. That was a the, the pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank and I you. really like uh, your YouTube channel because you really talk about a lot of different uh, innovations in construction. And I really like it because that re construction technology is something that don't re doesn't really experience innovations in every aspect. So how we manufacture and install 
windows and roofs. It's still like a, something that have, we have been doing for like a hundred years so far. It kind of work, don't need to no. change it. You know? <laughs> so yeah, I think that uh, knowledge in the construction technology in general and new innovative technologies in construction is really important. So not just through the printing. Yeah, I agree. Just more, more discussions, more sharing, more knowledge, and we need more people thinking about the future of the exactly. industry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Thank you very much.